Whether you have a great relationship with your parents or a bad one, things are bound to feel different after you become a parent. On one hand, you may feel like you can relate to your mom like never before, but you might also find yourself fielding unsolicited advice or disagreeing on things like sleep training or feeding methods. What does it look like to set boundaries with your parents when it comes to your baby? And how can we foster a great relationship between our parents and our kids? Today, I'm talking with mamas who have been there before you and an expert in child development for her take. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, everyone. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new moms through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross. I have a four-year-old boy and a baby girl, and we have got a great show today talking about relationships with your parents after you become a parent. Now, if you haven't already, please be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. That keeps you updated on all of the episodes we release each week. And another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in whatever podcast app you're listening on right now. And if you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, maybe you want to come on as a guest, then you can check out our membership club called Mighty Moms. That's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on our show. And it's also an easy way to learn about our recordings in advance so that maybe you can join us live. I have a great panel of moms here to kick off this conversation by sharing their experiences with this topic. So mamas, please introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about you and your families to start with. Uh, Hi, I am Amber and I am an author, a stay-at-home mom of four with another on the way. I got ages 16, 7, 5, and 3 under my belt right now. Hi, my name is Annika. I am the mom of two little boys, ages 2 and 5, and I... Um, and currently a stay-at-home mom as well, and plan on doing that for at least the next few years, hopefully, until we figure out what we're going to do and maybe get back to being a paramedic again. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Well, let's get into today's topic of discussion. So how would each of you describe your relationship with your parents before and after you became a parent yourself? Has it been smooth, a little bit rocky? Describe that for us. Uh, For me, it was rocky with the transition on my first kid. And then after the first kid, there was just kind of a pattern that we had kind of laid out in place. So it wasn't rocky anymore. But that first one was a challenge because our relationship wasn't close. And then I found myself needing someone to rely on quite heavily. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. How has it kind of gotten you said it's kind of gotten better with the other kids. So like, the boundaries you set have just kind of stayed in place or what? Yeah, the boundaries kind of got put in place. And I think I was also dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression with my first kid. So the first time my daughter said mama while my mom was holding her, I had a meltdown. I was like, oh my God, like new mom, (laughs) no sleep. And my daughter's calling my mom, mom. And I was like, not okay. (laughs) It was a mess. Yeah, I bet. 
Annika, what about you? I would tend to agree. I mean, so my mom and I have a pretty good relationship. My dad and I have a different relationship. It's probably a little more rocky. And with my mom, my son is her first grandson, her first grandkid at all. And so there's definitely a lot of involvement and of course, wanting to be in part of everything. We live, you know, really far away. So that probably helped honestly in the beginning a little bit, but at the same time, Now it's unfortunate because my kids know what they're missing out on, but it's been great. I have gotten to know more about where she's coming from and it made my childhood make a lot more sense and how (laughs) she, you know, uh, parented growing up. And my dad, we've gotten closer over the last five years as well because he's an amazing grandpa. So everything is all about them and that's been great to see. So for us, there was definitely a, a change for the better. Well, that's awesome. It does help you see your parents in a different light, right? And kind of knowing that like, oh, they made mistakes with me and I'm probably going to make mistakes with my kids. And that's just how we learn and grow as parents. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Mamas. We are going to take a quick break and then bring on our expert for today, Rebecca Parlakian. She's the Senior Director of Programs at Zero to Three, which is an organization with a mission to ensure that all babies and toddlers have a strong start in life. So stay tuned. Today on Newbies, we're continuing our discussion on grandparent relationships with Rebecca Parlakian. She's the Senior Director of Programs for Zero to Three, like I mentioned. So Rebecca, what can you tell us about the value of babies and kids' relationship with their grandparents? So, you know, that's such a good question. And I think intuitively, if we ourselves had a close relationship with grandparents, we sort of know through our own memories and experiences how important those connections are and have been to us. So it's no surprise that the research actually bears this out. You know, University of Oxford study from a few years ago found that, you know, grandparents play a really important shaping role in the development of grandchildren when they're, you know, involved and close by. When grandparents are present and involved in grandchildren's lives, those grandchildren had fewer emotional and behavioral problems, and even more successful relationships with peers. And later on, another study found that children who grew up feeling close to grandparents were less likely to be depressed as adults, maybe because they had sort of a wider emotional network or foundation to build on. And, you know, this closeness, it's sustained over time. There was a study that looked at adult grandchildren-grandparent relationships And both parties reported feeling that that relationship was deeply meaningful. And they described their relationship with their grandparent using words like unconditional love, mutual support, and respect. And so, you know, what starts strong can really be sustained over time for both grandparent and grandchild. That's so great to hear. And I know like I lived far away from both sets of grandparents, but I had really close relationships with at least two of them. And so that was really special to me and fond, fond memories that I look back on as an adult. We've already heard from our moms about the ways the relationship with their parents has changed since becoming parents. I'm curious if you want to share your own personal experience here or anything else you want to note along these lines, any common struggles you have felt personally or seen in your work? Yeah. So you know, I think one of the things that really struck me in listening to the moms was something that 
you know, I've experienced as well, which is that, you know, there's this generational piece, right? That once we become parents, we start to know our parents in a different way. And, you know, we really can reflect on our own experience of being parented and decide what we want to keep and what we want to let go. And I think that that's such an important part of our own growth as parents. And, you know, I think in my own family, I was like you, you know, my kids, their grandparents, my parents lived about eight hours away. We probably saw them two or three times a year. My husband's parents were close by and we saw them regularly, but by far, you know, my kids were closer to my own parents and have such warm memories of them. And so I think there's a lot of relational pieces that go into that and we can talk more about. So I I think the relationships we have with our parents after our kids are born often has a lot to do with the relationships we have with our parents, you know, before they were born, right? Um, So if we enjoyed positive, warm, loving relationships with our parents, you know, we often get so much pleasure out of seeing our own parents connect and bond with our kids. I had that experience myself, you know, when my parents, they would come visit maybe two or three times a year because they lived far away. And when they came, my husband and I like would sneak away for, you know, a one night getaway. And I remember once when my daughter was three, she turned to me and was like, mommy, I just want you to know that when you and daddy leave and Grammy's here, we don't miss you. (laughs) But, you know, it is also really normal for us to want to establish our authority and our role as parents. And, you know, this identity of becoming a parent, we have to renegotiate boundaries with our own parents. That's a normal part of taking on a new role. And, you know, that's sort of a process of what is important to us and what's non-negotiable and what we're willing to let go. And that's kind of an ongoing discovery and discussion with our parents. Absolutely. Because even when a relationship is good, there's still often a need to create boundaries with grandparents, you know, whether it's your parents or in-laws. And like you said, kind of asserting that authority as you are the parent. They are your parent. (laughs) They had their chance. Now it's your chance, right? So Any tips for creating boundaries when it comes to your kids and not only creating them, but sticking to them? Because I know that is hard. Yeah. You know, I think first, it's just important for all of us to kind of step into this idea of, you know, one of the best things of being an adult is we don't need to make everybody happy. So, you know, I always try to center myself that, you know, my job as a parent is to keep my kids safe, secure, and loved in the best ways that I know how. And there are lots of ways to be a good parent and only you get to decide what works for your child and your family. And we don't have to debate, justify, or explain those choices, right? So that's first. But, you know, we also can kind of have those all-purpose responses like, you know, a parent makes a suggestion and we can say, you know, that's a really interesting idea and I'll think about it. But right now we're going to do X and I hope we can count on your support. And just to kind of come up with those catchphrases, it's really helpful in the moment. And, you know, next I think 
like I mentioned before, to really tap into what our non-negotiables are at this particular point in our child's life. Grandparents sometimes are very connected to the child rearing approaches they use with us because like we're amazing. Um, (laughs) But, you know, sometimes these ideas, like an, an extreme idea would be like using spanking as discipline, right? They, it was a common approach that was used 20 years ago, but we now know through research that it can be harmful to children. So if, you know, we don't want our children to be spanked and that's a concern, we can really learn to be really comfortable about being very clear about that non-negotiable. So, you know, we can say something like, you and dad gave us a great childhood, but we need to find our own way as parents. And sometimes that means we might make different choices. So for example, we are never going to spank Rebecca. And we expect that all the people who care for her are going to respect that approach and not use spanking for discipline. Can I trust you on that? So again, stepping into that authority. And then you know, last, I'm always about like offering grace because I think sometimes what feels like pushback on our parenting can sometimes come from a place of caring. So like if I've just said to my mom, like I'm freaking out because Ella is not napping right now and she jumps right into, well, with you and your brother, I blah, blah, blah. We can learn to say something like, you know, mom, thank you so much for that. And I'm sure it's helpful, but right now I just need someone to listen and tell me I'm going to get through this. So, you know, those are just some thoughts about approaching these sometimes really emotionally intense or emotionally laden interactions. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking, you know, I was kind of thinking through when you said non-negotiables, there's definitely non-negotiables, you know, whatever those are for you and and your kids and your family. But then there's also some things that like, maybe you can let slide when you're at the grandparents' house, you know, and so sort of trying to navigate that might be tricky, but maybe there's a little bit of give and take there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like when my kids were at my parents' house, or even when my parents were visiting, it was like, I did not care about nutrition. That was just like, I put it off the table um, because we only saw them two or three times a year. If my parents were, you know, taking care of my kids three days a week, I probably would have different boundaries. Yeah. Well, you know, we've kind of already started talking about this in, in all of our conversations so far, but what can we as parents do to help foster those relationships in a healthy way, the, the relationship with our kids and our parents? And our in-laws too, you know, the grandparents in general. Yeah. You know, I think it's really tapping into the ways that grandparents, you know, prefer and enjoy connecting and being with our kids because, you know, little kids build relationships just like we do through shared, you know, pleasurable memories and moments. And so, You know, for distant grandparents, there's been great research on the use of video chat to start building those connections, even with babies. But, you know, really like when my, when my parents were visiting, my mom was like the full-time caregiver, playtime, diaper changes. My kids even wanted to sleep with her. So they would do what we call campouts where, you know, they would sleep on mattresses surrounding the guest bed. So they could just be near her and they still remember campouts. And my kids are, you know, 21 and 18. 
Um, my mother-in-law was local and she preferred much more structured experiences. So she enrolled both kids in a toddler music class, and that was her special time with them. She also was the go-to for taking them to any new animated movie. So, you know, really looking for those experiences to share. And then also remembering that a lot of what our kids remember are things that are don't seem like particularly um, earth shattering to us, you know, like letting kids be with their grandparents just in daily routines. Like my kids remember helping their grandmother with gardening and they have great memories of, you know, helping my dad stack wood for the wood stove. So really letting our parents share their lives with the grandchildren in ways that are meaningful for both of them. Yeah, that's such great advice. Well, we are going to take another quick break and then bring back Amber and Annika into the conversation and just continue talking about this important topic. So stay tuned. All right. Welcome back, mamas. Is there anything Rebecca said that struck a chord with you as we were talking? I knew she talked a lot about basically communication, you know, talking about the non-negotiables. And what I, I really appreciated that because I didn't know how to handle the non-negotiables with my mom on my first kid. And I didn't know how to kind of step up and be like, hey, no, that's not how we're doing things. And even now I find myself doing what I used to do, which is if I notice maybe my kids are starting to get a little unruly, which I got a lot of littles, so they get unruly quickly. If I notice she's getting like out of, she's getting out of her comfort zone and she's going to back to reverting to what I dealt with as a child, sometimes I just take over completely. And I'm like, all right, boys, this is not how we're doing things in the grocery store. Like you're going in the car, like she was about to spank in the grocery store, which I don't spank in the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, sometimes I just step in instead of using my voice, just being vigilant as a mom. Uh, But I also, what I like to do sometimes is if I know it's maybe a parenting style that she never would have tried, sometimes I'll tell her about a story about how well that worked with my kids. Like, oh, my toddler was throwing a tantrum and I just hugged him on the couch for a minute and he was fine the tantrum over. Like she never would have done that with me. She would have spanked me and told me to stop crying, which that was how it was done then, you know, almost 30 years ago. So yeah, the communication, sometimes relaying that kind of stuff in like storytelling where she likes to hear about how her grandkids are doing kind of helps me like set my parenting boundary without being like, this is what I want you to do. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's great. Monica, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, relationships in general are all a matter of give and take. And in our case, it's a matter of trying to balance not wanting to offend anyone and also knowing that you're in the end, you're the one who's responsible for your kids and their behavior and their actions and how you parent them. I think, and it's my relationship with each, both my parents and my in-laws are different across each and every one of them. For example, my father-in-law, like we have a deal now. You can't just sneak unlimited candy to the kids. Like pick your five things. You can sneak it to them throughout the day. just not before nap time, you know. (laughs) It's a very fine balance. And I think as, like she said, you know, as long as everyone's communicating and open, then you're fine. 
And it's the same with, you know, my mom, who I'd say we probably see more often than a lot of other, than a lot of the other grandparents, I should say. And it's like, hey, like, this is what we do. And she kind of has, it's clicked very well with her specifically. She's like, oh, yeah, well, I saw mommy do this earlier. So we're going to do it that way, too. And and it's been great, you know, but it's a learning curve. And every kid, I feel, gets a little bit easier because <laughs> yeah. you figured it out. Um, <laughs> but I am incredibly grateful for the fact that my kids have grandparents who truly do love them and would do anything for them. And I think they know that, too. And they would sit there and hang out with any one of their grandparents for as long as they'll be allowed to. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So blessed, especially when you hear stories where that's not the case. Right. Yeah. I know my relationship with my grandparents is is great and I am very close with them. So I would love for them to have that same relationship with theirs. If there's anything I can do to foster that, then I would absolutely go above and beyond for that. Yeah. Does anyone have examples of navigating some of these tricky conversations we've talked about or setting boundaries? Like maybe any tips for those conversations from you, Amber or Annika, that I talked about with Rebecca? Um, with your parents or your in-laws? Well, like, for example, discipline in my household is very different from how it was growing up. You know, my mom is, she is from the older generation, very much a boomer. And I was just a late bloomer. She had me when she was 42. So now that I'm parenting my kids, things are much different. You know, there's more of a gentle parenting aspect, less spanking, more explaining why not to do something. And yeah, kind of like Annika said, there's a lot of her seeing how I do things and her kind of copying what I do with my kids. And but if you're I've I have had to set my mom down a few times and be like, hey, that's not how we do things here. And the best way to go about that, I found, is come at it calm. Because if you come at it as a hot mom and mama bear out, it's gonna be chaotic and more of a fight than it is going to be a constructive talk. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good tip for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a variety of unsolicited parenting advice, but I know it comes from a place of love and I, you know, I try to keep that in mind. Um, anytime someone makes a comment about a decision I've made or something I've done or how I've disciplined or whatever the case might be. And like Rebecca mentioned, you know, you kind of say, thank you so much for, you know, making a recommendation. I'll take that under consideration. And then Kind of if, you know, because sometimes your feelings can get hurt when you've been called out or when, you know, somebody points out something they feel you're doing wrong, regardless of whether it's wrong or not for you, taking that time to just kind of step back, kind of think about what they've said, look back at the situation and then reapproach whenever you're ready and, and able to talk about it um, and figure out kind of what you want to say in response to that as well. Um, time is always your friend when it comes to situations like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, Annika, I know you said you live far from your kids' grandparents. Any strategies that have worked for you in fostering those relationships from a distance? Yes. So we live an average for the last five years, we've lived about 16, 17 hours away from my parents. And usually between four and 17 hours away from um, my in-laws, we do calls all the time. Anytime we're in the car, we're usually on the phone with somebody talking to grandparents and catching up with something. Right now, my kids have, they call my mom up every day or so, and they tell her how many days it will be until they see her next. Um, And they love FaceTiming and Facebook now has all the cool filters and you can play games on there and they're old enough now to figure that out and 
sit there and want to play games all day. Um, with my dad, we do the same thing. We try to, you know, FaceTime and video chat as often as possible. And with my in-laws, when we move next month, we will be back in closer vicinity. And I'm sure that they will be coming down to visit more often. And we try to make sure that we see everybody on a semi-regular basis. Um, and they've been great about making sure to put in both time, effort, and money to make that trip to come and see us, which I am also incredibly grateful for because that's not always possible for us. Yeah. Amber, what about you? Do you live, I forget if you mentioned already, if you live close to your kids' grandparents or not. Uh, Yes. My in-laws actually live in another country. So we are, uh, and where internet works differently. So they don't have like easy access to Facebook and stuff like that. But we do do like the FaceTime type things and making sure that the kids are seen on video by my in-laws. Um, the other thing is my mom lives relatively close. She lives 10 minutes away with traffic. <laughs> so she actually spends quite a bit of time here. Now that's where I actually sometimes have to kind of put in a boundary of needing some extra space because sometimes she has no problem coming over every day of the week. And that can be a little bit overwhelming for me uh, at times. <laughs> And so I basically what I did was I, I call her every day just because she's older and I like to check on her and make sure she's doing good. Um, but, you know, if I'm feeling up for it or if I might need her help, I'll be like, hey, you want to come over today? You know, what are you doing? And then there's other days where it's just like we chat for a little bit and I just don't, you know, don't ask if she wants to come over. <laughs> Uh, if she asks about coming over, I'll be like, well, I'm not really doing anything today. I'm just cleaning house. So, I mean, if you want to come, you can, but I don't need help. But you can also say, eh, today is not a good day. <laughs> uh, that is an acceptable answer if you're feeling overwhelmed as a mom and everything else in life. Yeah. Rebecca, any tips for like people who aren't really close with their parents or their in-laws um, or the kids' grandparents for really trying to put aside their differences with their parents, for example, and still make sure that their kids have a relationship with their grandparents? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of that depends on why there's no relationship there. So, you know, because we do want our grandchildren to be safe and secure. So that's a decision that every parent needs to make. But, you know, I think that if we decide, yes, we want our kids to have an opportunity to build a relationship with this grandparent, I often find that, um, you know, an activity where they're you know, there are roles that each person can fulfill can be really useful. So doing something like, you know, going to a playground where, you know, we can, you know, grandpa or grandma can push the baby in the the bucket swing, where there's kind of these roles that are expectable. And then once we build up some trust uh, between both the grandchild and the grandparent, but also us and the grandparent, we can, you know, begin to um, explore, you know, sort of less structured settings. That's one way to think about it. Yeah, that's great. And then, you know, especially if you're hanging out with the kids there, there's always kind of something to talk about and you can keep it just to the kids and you don't have to really. Exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, I've found things like um, sharing stories. So having the grandparents share the grandchild's favorite story 
And we can even take a video of that and share it with the grandchild, you know, when the grandparent isn't there. So that's something to, that's a strategy to use regardless, but especially if this is a grandparent that we may not expect to see all that often. Yeah. Okay. Well, are there any last thoughts that any of you wants to leave with our listeners before we wrap up? I'll give my piece, like my last piece of information first, I guess. My number one takeaway when I talk to people that are asking for advice as new parents is just remember, it's your kid. Uh, It's no one else's kid. So your rules that you have set with you and your partner, or if you're a single parent, then the rules you set for yourself and your kids live by those and, you know, take the advice and put it in your back pocket. Cause I get solicited advice from people in grocery stores. I don't even know much less, you know, my mom sometimes. So just, I always remember no matter what anybody says, it's your kid. Nobody else's. <laughs> yeah. Like Annika said, you're the ultimately the one responsible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll pay, kind of piggyback off of what she said too. My mom will give me advice on what to do with or what to try with my voice. And she, after like the first year or two, finally came to me and said, you know, I've given you a lot of advice and I've decided your kids are very different uh, than you guys were for me. Um, and so what works for you guys is clearly not what's what worked for me in the past. And I kind of just had to laugh and say, yeah, I, I've noticed that too. But, you know, you know your kids better than anybody else. And even when you get parents saying, well, you know, I raised you guys. And yes, but I am not my kids either. And so nobody knows your kid better than you do. Um, And trust your gut. And if it doesn't work, try something else. (laughs) And that's all you can do. And as long as you're trying something, then that's all that matters. And I think I would just, you know, add that, you know, becoming a parent and becoming a grandparent, it's these are profound new roles in the family and it's going to take time and it's going to happen over a lot of years, but this could be such an opportunity for both individual growth, but also some really beautiful growth between us and our parents and coming to a new place as two adults. And so I hope that that has an opportunity to happen in every family. Yeah. I love that. Acknowledging that it's not only a profound transition for you, but for your parents as well, especially with the first grandchild. That is such a great perspective. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, Amber, and Annika for joining me today. Listeners, you can find out more about Rebecca's organization at zero to three.org. Also check out newmommymedia.com where we have all of our podcast episodes plus videos and more. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Toddlers, The Boob Group for Moms Who Give Breast Milk to Their Babies, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. 
While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.